All right, well, I welcome you if you're visiting. If you're a regular, welcome. It's good to see you. If you're online, welcome. It's good to, you're, you're tuning in. We appreciate that so much. And, of course, we're, we are open and we are live here, so feel free to come and visit. We'd love to see you and spend time with you. Uh, tonight I want to share with you um, uh, a message I believe the Lord really instilled on me this week when I was praying. Um, really put it on my heart, the scripture that we're going to talk about tonight. And what's been on my mind is really having spiritual victory. You know, um, Brother Brian is preaching and having it on his heart that, boy, we're, at a, we're, we're so close to a breakthrough. Amen, saints? We're so close to, it seems like we're so close to just reaching out and, and really opening the floodgates, if you will, of, of the Holy Spirit to work in us to others. Amen? And it's exciting. It's an exciting time. And, and uh, as, as, you know, junior to him or an associate to him, if you will, you know, I, I feel the Lord's put that on my heart too. And it's confirmed, you know, Brother Brian and I don't often sit and say, let's agree on this. <laughs> in fact, he's never done that with me. He's instructed me. He's disciplined me. He's encouraged me. He's been a great mentor to me. But you know who mentors to both of us? Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So I want to share with you a message tonight about, the, about having spiritual victory, specifically having spiritual victory in our minds. Overcoming in our minds. What a battlefield our minds are, amen, saints? I was thinking about this, that most trials and, and frustrations and hardships, we may think of them as coming from without to us, but oftentimes they're perceived in our minds. They're, something's hatched in our mind. Someone said this about me. Someone talked to this about me. Someone looked at me. And before you know it, something starts spinning in the mind. They're talking about you. They're thinking about you. They're saying things about you. And doesn't our mind begin to grow and fester those thoughts and water those thoughts? And what a dangerous place it can be for spiritual warfare. Amen, saints? So these is a, this is a type of thing that can hinder the Holy Spirit from working. This is a type of thing that can stop God's movement in your life from progressing forward. A battle in your mind, overcoming overcoming warfare, if you will, in your mind. I, this seems like harsh words, warfare and battles, but we're going to see tonight that the Apostle Paul uses these exact terms. It probably wasn't too far from Paul being in Rome and seeing Roman soldiers, seeing how they arrayed themselves, how they listened to their commanding officers, the training that they had to do, the fortitude that they had to have, how they had to prepare themselves. Paul likened that to our own Christian lives. Our own Christian walks are a battle. It's a battle sometimes, saints. But overcoming the, and having victory, the Lord can work. And God's movement can flow through us. And that's what I want to encourage us on tonight. So we'll jump right into it in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. There is a battle for your soul. There's a battle for your mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty 
through the Almighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity to the obedience of Christ, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. What a collection of thought-provoking scriptures here, amen, saints? What a, co- what a collection. It can be inspiring. How many of you broke out into song now after reading that verse for The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Amen? I did. I know my wife asked me what scripture I'm going to share. She's going to be embarrassed. And I said, I read her the scripture and she went like this to me. And then she went, the weapons of our warfare. It's just... Something we do. She has her hand over her face. But what an encouraging set of scriptures we have here, saints. You know, oftentimes we, as I mentioned earlier, we tend to think of our battles on the outside of us coming to us. Something happened on the outside of us and it comes to us, and that, and that, is, that is definitely true. But think about this. We could think about that example by thinking about this a real-life example of the war in Ukraine, right? Something outside of that country came into that country and began to attack them, right? Something outside of their borders, something outside of their walls came and attacked them. Now there might have been incidences of provoking over the years, provoking each, each side over the years, but something, one thing led to another, and now there's actually physical warfare happening in their borders, Amen. If it happened here, we'd probably do the same thing. If it happened in this land, in our country, in our borders, we'd probably do whatever we could, amen, to protect our land, to protect our property, to protect our homes, to protect our families, our friends, our wives, our kids, and even to protect ourselves. Isn't it natural? It's a natural thing to do when when something comes into your border, something comes onto your land, Something comes into your property, the natural thing to do is to stand up and to protect it. Amen, saints? So it's, in this way, it's, it's a natural thing. It's naturally correct. We need to fight for our protection. Here, we probably wouldn't be surprised after reading these scriptures. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Right? If we, if we can imagine Paul grabbing a sword and a shield and saying... We got to fight in the world. We got to fight in the world. You know, thinking of a of a of a infamous movie where the character, main character in the movie, stands up with a sword and yells out, "Freedom!" The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We got to fight. We got to move. Amen. You could see almost you, this wouldn't be unlikely. Maybe here, thinking that Paul, it wants to fight, wants to battle. But the truth is, saints, if you read these scriptures, Paul wasn't in a campaign to fight the world. This wasn't a battle that he was about to face of people outside the church. Rather, the campaign that he was leading, the campaign that he was about to involve himself in, was actually within the church, right inside the church. Quite amazing. Right in the church of Corinth. He was ready to 
say, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. And I'd like to touch on that point tonight. Not so much the idea of the campaign being within the church. I'm not talking about that part so much. But more about the idea that a battle can occur within your soul, right within a Christian soul. The idea of it being within a church. You know, if you talk to someone who's not involved in church, church is a place where God is supposed to be. Godly things are supposed to happen. Right? A Christian, along those same lines, a Christian person, a Christian's life, a Christian's mind is a place where God's supposed to be, where godly things are supposed to happen. That's what I want to talk about tonight. Saints, we have a battle within. In fact, at times in my life, this battle being fought determines how well my walk with the Lord goes. The battle in my mind determines how my, not only how my walk with the Lord's going, but even how my physical daily life goes. How I, how I look to the outside world. How I'm able to witness and stand up for God in the outside world often depended on how my victorious I was in the battle of my mind. In overcoming evil, fighting evil, standing up to temptation, not letting trials, not letting frustrations, words of discouragement, seeing things that maybe I didn't like or appreciate, not letting those things fester and result in me not being able to witness, result in me not being able to come to church, result in me not being able to fellowship with the brethren. You think, is there anything that could result in you not coming to church? The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, who's there with them? The Lord. If I said to you, the Lord, Jesus, is actually going to come in person on Cork Street Road on, on this night, he's going to be there in person, how many of you would show up? Well, Jesus says where two or three are gathered in my name, I am, I am with them. I'm showing up. Yet, in the, in the battle of my mind, somehow I can justify I'm not going to show up in the battle of my mind over the years because of X, Y, or Z. And you think about it in hindsight, it's almost silly. Amen, saints? How could I let something in my mind actually distract me from being with God, from fellowshipping with his saints, from moving forward in his word, from being pushed forward to progress in the things that he wants us to do? Be a good witness. Fellowship with each other. Have love with each other. Have love for your community. See how important the battle of our mind can be? It's a very important battle. It affects us greatly. There's a battle going on for your mind. We can decide to fight or we can decide to give in. What freedom God has given us. If you were in the Ukraine, wouldn't you decide to fight? What if your mind's being attacked? Don't you want to fight it? Don't you want to fight it correctly? Don't you want to fight it spiritually? Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 to show you that we are in a fight. Things war against our mind. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. It says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. Right there, he's reminding us, this world is not our own. Peter's, right off the bat, he's saying, if you had a thought 
that this world is where you're supposed to be, this world is what it's all about, he would have said, I beg you as lovers of this world. But he said, you're just passers-by, reminding us, just, you're just pilgrims here. Don't forget, you're just pilgrims. Your, your life should not be about this life. Your hope should not be about this hope. He says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Fleshly lusts war against the soul. These fleshly lusts want to attack. The, ba- the Bible speaks of these are ready to battle. That word idea, that word war, means they're, they're fit for battle. They're actually looking for the fight. Isn't it amazing to think that within us, our own flesh is ready to fight our own soul? Isn't that amazing to think? That we have a flesh that at times is ready to duke it out with our spirit. It's ready to pull us this way while our spirit's trying to pull us that way. Right? Our soul has to, is in the middle of this tug of war between the flesh. I want to fight. This is what you have to do. Protect yourself. Protect your land. And the Spirit, do what God says. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. This constant battle. He starts off by telling the born-again reader, if you read the scriptures before this, in 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter starts off by telling the, the Christian the reader that the Christian reader that there are chosen people. You can read it in the verses before. But then he describes the, he starts to describe a war that takes place due to fleshly lusts. In the same way, back in 2 Corinthians, Paul is describing those who were antagonistic to his teaching. Right within the church. His plan was to defend his ministry. His plan, Paul was going to have words with those who, reje- who were rejecting the gospel he preached in Corinth and the way he preached it. But the weapons, both Peter and Paul, encouraged to fight with us, in the natural, are a bit peculiar. The weapons they have decided to fight these battles with are not natural weapons. Paul being attacked for his teachings Maybe how strong he was in his teaching. Maybe they were offended how bold he was, how forceful he was. I don't know. Maybe in his writings, they were offended how forceful, how straight to the point, maybe deemed unmerciful at times in his writings to the Corinthian church that they had a problem with. The natural response to this type of attack is to be the same way. Right? We've seen it before. Maybe we've been inclined to do it ourselves. When someone attacks us a little bit about our philosophies, about what we think, we tend to... The first response is to what? Jerk back a little bit. Amen? Have a defense back. It's natural. The flesh wants an eye for an eye. Amen, saints? The flesh wants to bring a gun to a knife fight. It wants to demolish who's ever opposing you. He wants to just put the flesh, just wants to put it down. He wants to rise up and justify your position. Justify why you're doing the things you're doing. Even within the Christian heart. Even within the Christian mind. I want to talk to Christians tonight about the spiritual warfare in your mind. Paul might have said, 
I'll show them. Maybe his flesh was urging, show them. You got God's anointing on you. You show them. Peter being tempted by the Jews, the Jews who, who were, if you read in 1 Peter chapter 2, they found Jesus to be a stumbling block. Peter could have been enraged by this. You don't know what Jesus did for you. You don't know I spent time with him. I saw him say to the woman, as we heard Sunday night, I didn't come to heal you. I came for my own people. Peter could have been saying to the Jews, he came for you, and how dare you call him a stumbling block? He could have been full of rage, amen, saints? He could have been enticing, the, if you will, use the term generally, I'll use the term generally, the Christian community to be enraged at people who call Jesus a stumbling block, who are offended by Jesus. But instead, we see Paul and Peter dissipate the situation. They spread out the conflict, like you would maybe at a fire at night, at camp, and you're ready to, to go down. You don't stoke the fire more. You start to separate the embers. It cools the fire down. You separate it out. You separate the wood. You separate anything that could be touching to calm it down, to decrease the blaze so it's not so hot. Paul starts in... We can go back to Second Corinthians. I'm sorry. Are you following me, saints? 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1, Paul starts this. You can imagine what you would say when someone comes and attacks you, but look what Paul says. I beseech you, or he says, I entreat you with meekness and gentleness. What a blessing. What a blessing Paul's response was. Peter tells his readers in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you're better than this. He says, you're a chosen generation. You're a chosen people. You have obtained mercy from the Lord, so act on that mercy. Don't respond evil for evil. Act on the mercy that has been given to you. Paul was implementing fruits of the Spirit, meekness and gentleness. Amen? Peter was reminding us who we belong to. This world is not our home. We belong to God. He had mercy on us, so have mercy on others. See what they were teaching through their reaction. The natural conflict that was brewing within the soul was to fight, was to forget the spiritual and to fight in the natural. How we protect our land, saints, as I mentioned earlier, if the fight happened here on our borders, we'd fight. But how we protect our lands in the physical, how we protect our homes, how we protect our families, we have to pray for wisdom in that. Pray for discernment in that. I bet there's a lot of praying in Ukraine. No one ever wants to kill somebody else. That's a horrible thing. War is a horrible thing. But you know what? In protecting our souls, in protecting our inner man, the Bible clearly teaches there's an answer. There's actually a way to successfully protect your mind, successfully protect your inner man. Paul wasn't coming to, into conflict to inflict injury on those who were around him. He wanted to help those who were around him. Paul decided not to respond to a disagreement with his pride. He wasn't going to go toe-to-toe with the enemy. He wasn't going to go toe-to-toe with someone else in the church. 
He wasn't going to go toe-to-toe with even himself and fight within himself. He relinquished that to spiritual warfare. Paul is teaching this, that the battle for our souls is in Christ. The weapons we use are are of a very different sort. Amen, saints? The weapons we use to protect our home, our land, may be of one sort, but the weapons we use to protect our lives, our spiritual lives, are of a different sort. They are spiritual, amen, saints? They are not carnal. Don't get trapped into thinking, when I say the word carnal, that this just means fleshly, earthly things in the sense of sensuality. Oftentimes when we hear fleshly lust, we tend to think of sensuality, sexual immorality, enticement of that kind. But I want to share with you some of the works of the flesh that are fleshly lusts for our own flesh. Remember, our flesh is evil. It wants nothing to do with the spirit. So the lusts of the flesh are not only sexual in nature, sensual in nature, but look what else they can be. These are all from the word of God. I'll just share statements from each. A fleshly work, a fleshly lust could be putting things of the world above God. That's a fleshly lust. Putting things in this world above God, maybe like a career, money, finances, relationships, that these would be more of a focus on you than building your relationship with Christ, than reading your Bible, than having, maintaining and having your faith, maintaining your Christianity. That's a fleshly lust that our flesh wants to do. How about this? A fleshly act can be being in a state of hostility. Our flesh sometimes wants to be in a state of hostility. It doesn't like being, hey, just be submissive. Be obedient to God. He'll answer you in due time. No, I want to I I be in hostility. I'm not getting my answer. The flesh wants to be directly opposed to another person at times. Amen, saints? This is the nature of a flesh. I'm describing to you fleshly lusts. Fleshly lust, besides sensuality. A fleshly lust can be being angry, being in disagreement, being bitter, particularly on an issue or topic, amen? It can be being jealous of another person. Fleshly lust can be having a bad temper, displaying a bad temper, like screaming and anger and frustration, throwing tantrums. When you see your two-year-old do it, that's the flesh. That's the flesh. You see the flesh ripe as can be, stomping their feet, red in the face, streaming. We as adults are a little bit more refined, but we do the same thing at times. (laughs) That's a fleshly lust that comes on us. That's not sensuality. I'm, I'm reminding you, these are types of fleshly lust that Paul was talking about. It can be in competition. A fleshly lust can be competitive. I'm going to be better than somebody to the point of I'm going to put that person down. I'm going to make sure I'm so much better than that person, I want to discourage them. Then I'll have victory. That's a fleshly lust. It can cause divisions of people. It can separate two parties into dissenting parties. That's what the flesh wants to do. It wants to divide. It wants to cause disagreement. It wants to cause dissenting parties. It can result in a person feeling resentful towards another person. 
These are all works of the flesh. Like I said, these are right from the Bible in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. I'll read them for their simple words of idolatry, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, and envy. The Bible describes these as fleshly lusts. You see, Paul says the weapons of our battles, our campaigns in life, that word battle means a campaign you might be fighting going on in. Our weapons of our campaigns are not carnal of the earth, but they're not carnal, they're not metaphorically speaking of the flesh. I want to ask you tonight, how are you fighting the battle in your mind? Are you having victory? Are you overcoming a frustration in your mind, a disagreement in your mind? something you don't see that you wish happened, or you're not seeing things the way you thought they would happen. How are you fighting that battle? What's happening with you? You might say, Brother Ben, my personality is such, that's the way I am. When I see conflict, I conflict. That's just who I am. You can't take that out of me. I speak my mind. Everyone knows I speak my mind. That's who I am. If an intruder came into my house, I'd fight that intruder, tooth and nail. Amen. If someone comes on my soul, someone comes in my house, in my own inner man, in the battle of my mind, I'm going to fight that person tooth and nail. That's just who I am. I'm very consistent that way. Maybe you think, with me, you know what you get. If I asked you, do you think God wants you that way? That's a big question, isn't it? You might think, hey, this is the way I am. This is me. Can I ask you to maybe think, is that how God wants you? Fighting off an intruder in your house is one thing. The battle for your mind is another. To make them both equal could be robbing yourself of the joy of God working in your life. What if God said he doesn't want you this way? Interesting thoughts. What if God said, don't respond to me like you would respond to an intruder? Don't respond to your brother across the aisle like you would respond to an intruder. Don't respond to how the church is moving like you would respond to an intruder. Respond to me spiritually. Respond to me not in the carnal. Respond to me with spiritual weapons. What a blessing. I thought, what are these spiritual weapons? Well, there's a lot. I sort of came up with four. What if instead of responding in the fleshly terms that we talked about, we responded with these? We responded in faith. What if when something hard came at us, we responded in faith? Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in you that you have the best for me. I'm going to trust in you that your will is the best for my family. I'm going to trust in you, Lord, that you love this church and you will move us forward no matter what. Your will will be done. Because you're bigger. You're stronger than any man. Your will. I have faith in God that he will accomplish his deeds in me, my family, and my church. Faith can be increased. Faith can be a weapon to help fight spiritual warfare. How about the word of God? Hey, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what's happening, Lord, in my life. Why am I failing in temptation? Why am I doing these things? Why do I find myself in discord, resentment, frustration? Well, what's the Bible say? 
Lord, show me something in your word. Isn't, isn't that equivalent? Didn't John teach us? That's equivalent of meeting with Jesus. He is the word. When you did something out of the word, isn't that like Jesus giving you something? What a blessing that is. Hearing from Jesus through the word of God is how we can fight spiritual warfare. How about prayer for a third one? Prayer is so important. Confessions, talking, talking to God, asking God. Haven't we been seeing on Sunday nights what a blessing prayer is? What a blessing prayer is. And I, I, I won't say this just as being up here sharing the word, but if you've been missing Sunday night's prayer, I'm telling you sincerely, and I mean this sincerely, it is a blessing. It is a blessing being together in one accord to pray together, just together thinking about the Lord and praying for each other. It is a sincere blessing. I bet you don't walk out of here discouraged. I bet you saints, the battle of your mind is strengthened when you leave here in praying together. Amen? Prayer is a very useful tool in overcoming the carnal mind and having victory in the spiritual mind of your, uh, having spiritual victory in your mind. And how about this last one that I came up with? The Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Faith. The Word of God. Prayer. And being filled with the Holy Spirit. These are ways that we can have victory. Remember, Paul shared the fruits of the Spirit by having victory. He started off his, his chapter in potential conflict with others in the church. I come to you in meekness and in gentleness. I come to you filled with the fruits of the Spirit. How do, would you respond if someone came that to you? If someone came up to you that you might have been having a conflict with and said, Brother, I'm coming to you with love, peace, and joy. What? What can you say to that? See, spiritual victory is having the Holy Spirit work in your heart. What if we put ourselves, our natural responses to the test against faith, the Word of God, prayer, and the Holy Spirit? What would that outcome look like, saints? It is true. As I mentioned, we are in a fight. Why else would we have weapons? Amen? We have to use the weapons that have been given to us. The truth is, you're going to be using one type of weapon to fight. Your own weapons or the weapons the Lord has given you. That's your decision. You can't say, I'm going to fight without weapons. In a way, that's fighting with a weapon, if you know what I'm saying. That's the type of weapon you decided to fight with. I'm not going to fight with a weapon. Well, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. You're not going to overcome sin. You're not going to have victory in your life without spiritually fighting with the right weapons. What weapons we use can really impact our faith. The weapons we use to fight in the battle of our mind can impact our walks with the Lord. How our interactions are with the Word of God. How effectual our prayer life is. And how even the Holy Spirit can work within us. We don't want to have the Holy Spirit limited in our lives. Amen, saints? We need to choose the right weapons to help us in life. You know, we are not simply called to be saved and then enjoy life. It's not, you're saved, welcome to heaven. No, have a peaceful life. This is not what God, God, this is not even what Jesus taught his disciples. Amen, saints? It wasn't God's plan to stop working in us 
and through us after we got saved. I think this is the big reason why the battle is there, especially sometimes after we are saved. Satan knows what power we have in us. If Jesus says, I give you power to go out into all the world, the same power that I have, I give to you. If he gave gave that to 100 people, that's 100 times power on this earth that Jesus has. You think Satan is pleased with that? No. He wants to fight. He wants to stop that. He wants to stop Jesus' movements. Amen, saints? Our job is not stopped after we get saved. In some ways, it's just begun. Our fight has just begun. Jesus instructs his followers, was not to get saved, then be comfortable. He said, rather go out two by two. He told them the harvest is ready. Don't worry about what you will carry. Don't worry about what you will say. Don't worry about who you will talk to. Don't worry about if you're bold enough or not. Don't worry about the battles that will face you. Don't worry about the trials that you might come into. I will help you. I will send someone there to be with you. Don't worry about who might offend you. Remember he said, they're not offended of you, they're offended by me. They're not offended of us. They're offended by what's in us. Amen, saints? The devil wants you to think they're offended by you. You're the offense. That's a false statement. Pray, prayer, the word of God, faith will keep us. Maybe the, the fight we fight is for our souls. Maybe that's what God is teaching us. The fight that we fight on this earth is actually the fight for our souls to get into heaven. To get into heaven. By salvation, we learn that Jesus died for our sins and that he has given us victory. But then after salvation, the fight that we endure gets us into heaven. Gets us to the, well done, my good and faithful servant. Maybe it's a fight to keep pressing forward. Maybe the fight, the spiritual fight that's for this church is to press forward in a wicked time, to continue growing in a wicked world, not to be comfortable with where we're at, the building that we're in, not to be comfortable with how the Lord has blessed us thus far, but maybe we've been blessed thus far for a purpose. Maybe we've been given so much now for a purpose in our future. I believe that. Maybe the fight is to keep pressing onward to new frontiers in Christ, to new places we haven't gone before, things that might seem a little strange to us, things that might seem different to us. Maybe this is what the Lord is calling Christians to do. Saints, this is not unimaginable to think that God would get someone saved and use them to progress and do his work. I mean, this is actually exactly what God has done to almost everyone in the Bible. Has got people saved, changed their lives, stood them upright, cleaned up their lives, showed them his power, showed them how he works. If you read the Gospel of John, you'll see how he took his disciples from the start. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 39, he said to his disciples, he turned around, they were staring at him, what are you seeking? And they said, we want to know where you live. Come and stay with me. They started to wonder. You know, that's what happens to us when we get saved. We begin to wonder, what's God about? Someone witnessed to you. What's this, what's this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? I want to know more. I want to go to church. Maybe I'll go to church. You know, maybe I'll think about God more. That's what his disciples were doing. Then if you read later in John, he brought them and the first miracle. He turned water into wine. You know what his disciples, it says there in a small little verse, 
and his disciples began to believe on him. You know, that's what happens in our lives. We come and wonder about Jesus. Maybe we see someone that, as we've heard testimonies before, someone that was never well-kept, never in their right mind, come and knock on their door, well-kept and in their right mind. And you begin to wonder, who is this guy, Jesus, that changed your life? And then you start believing on him because you start seeing signs and wonders. And you turn your life to him. And later on in the book of John, it shows that Jesus was baptizing with his disciples. He was showing his disciples, now make a commitment. Make, now, make a commitment to me that you're going to serve me in front of all these people. That you're going to go down, uh, your old man's going down and your new man's coming up. Then later on, we see him healing people. Later on, we see him walking on water. His disciples said to Matthew, who is this man that he controls the wind and the waves? They were being amazed by him. But Jesus was showing them, I have power to overcome the natural. Then he walked, and people wanted to stone him, and somehow his disciples were with him as he just walked through crowds of people that wanted to kill him. How does someone walk through a throng of people that want to kill him? But there his disciples were, probably following like, how are we getting out of this? Jesus was showing them, I have power. I have power. What is your struggle? Is your struggle fear that people might think of you wrongly? Is your struggle lack of power? Is your struggle frustration that that people might think of you in a bad way? Jesus can lead you right through that without harm. He was showing his disciples all through the Gospel of John, you can do all these things with me. All these things you can do with me. You can overcome wicked by following me. He was teaching them, saints. And one of his greatest acts that he did, saints, the Gospel of John was he got down and he began to wash their feet. He began to wash their feet. He became a servant. Another lesson he taught his disciples, wash your brother's feet. No one is above anyone else. No one is greater than anyone else. When one of his disciples challenged him on that, he rebuked him. I'm going to wash your feet. If you don't let me wash your feet, you have a problem. Jesus was teaching his disciples humility, teaching them how to, humi- how, to, how to battle the spiritual warfare with humility. You see, all of Jesus' life was teaching his disciples how to overcome in this life. You worried about a healing? Jesus can do the healing. You worried about people coming and attacking you? Jesus will free you from that attack. You worried about miracles? Jesus can do a miracle. You worried about not having power? Jesus can give you power. I mean, think about it's even happening today. Maybe these words right now are convicting you a little bit and encouraging you and provoking you. That's the power, that's the power of Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit that's still working today in your life. Why? To push you forward, to press you on. What was the purpose? To sit back and be comfortable? No. Then he ends saying this to his disciples. Now go out. Go out. Go out and tell the world of me. Saints, we have a job to do. Our job is to overcome the wicked by spiritual warfare. I want to encourage the church tonight. It's been on my heart to encourage us tonight that we have a job to do as a church. It may look different. It may be new to us. At times it may be frightening. At times it may challenge us. At times we may not like it. You know, I can remember the words of Brother Bob when when he, was, he shared, and I used to listen to him right where the pews where you sat. And Brother Bob shared for the testimony of the academy. Do you remember? And when he was talking about the academy, he had a vision for the academy. Well, some people didn't have that same vision. And they began to fight him 
with a carnal mind. That doesn't make sense financially. We don't have the teachers. How are we going to do this? We can't do this. This is an impossible thing. But Bob, God bless him, said, no, I believe the Lord's put this on my heart. Saints, we've had a school for 40 years. You know, we had a school for 40 years. Yeah, that's truth to laugh. Amen. We had a school for 40 years. That came, that came from a man of God who had a vision from God. And despite people having a carnal mind towards that vision, he pressed on. He stayed, no, this is what the Lord wants. We're going to have fruit from this. I'm fruit from that. Here I am on the pulpit. How good is the Lord? You know what, saints? Brother Brian's going to have visions. We might not see, we might not have the same vision that he has. I'm going to encourage you, as we did with Brother Bob, as, as, the, as the disciples did with Jesus. We don't understand. Peter said, I believe it was Peter, that said, where else would we go? He turned and said, are you guys going to leave too? When he said, I'm the bread of life, you have to eat me and drink me. Many of his disciples left, it says at that time. He turned to the twelve. Are you guys going to leave too? And what did Peter say? You, you have the answers. Why would we leave? He knew. He didn't know exactly the vision. You'll see clearly that he thought he was above when God said, you're going to deny me three times. I am not. Peter fought with a carnal mind. I would never do that. But what did Jesus say? When you're done, I'm praying for you that your faith be restored. See, prayer is a spiritual weapon. Imagine if Peter said, Lord, I'm going to pray that that doesn't happen. What victory he might have had. Saints, as we move forward in the church, Brother Brian might have a vision. I'm going to encourage us. I might have a vision. Someone else in church might have a vision how we can do things better. Let's wash each other's feet. Let's move forward with spiritual mindset. Amen, saints? Can I encourage you a little bit? Can I challenge you a little bit to think about how we should respond, not in the flesh, but in the spirit? Prayer, the word of God, faith, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for your word tonight, Lord. Thank you for showing us through your scriptures how to live a godly life. Jesus, not only did you show us through your scriptures, but you showed us through your life how we're supposed to live a godly life. Lord, thank you for inspiring us in this way. Help us to be better for you so that you can use us, Lord. Help us to remember to fight our spiritual battles in faith, prayer, the word of God, and the Holy Spirit. And Lord, have the increase. Add the increase. Give us boldness. Give us visions. And help us to work together in moving forward in you in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that encourages you, saints. Have a blessed night. God bless.